0: This is Adrian Paul from Highlander, and you're listening to the Dead TV Podcast. I'm the devil. People can break out of hell. There's your fugitive. Look at that tool. You capture him already. So I have to do this forever. You're done when you die, right? Reaper premieres Tuesday, September 25th. Welcome back to the Dead TV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to all the cancelled TV series in the science fiction, fantasy, and horror genre. I am your host, Dr. Chris.
1: And I'm Mr. Seneca.
0: And tonight, we are talking about the next two episodes of Reaper, which happen to be episodes four and five. five. Mr. Seneca has a plot synopsis for us.
1: Magic, originally aired October 16th, 2007. Sam requests some time off to go to a concert with Andy but the devil refuses and points out that vacation periods are not part of his contract. Therefore, Sam is given a white dove as his next vessel and is sent to capture an escaped magician who kills anyone that does not appreciate his act.
0: The opening song for the Dolly Rots in the song is Because I'm Awesome. Ah.
1: Do we have a clip? I always Well, due to public, demand, public uh, demand, we'd gotten some some emails about Brimstone. So, uh, since this series doesn't really have any special focus areas for me, I will be doing a mini-review of Brimstone episode-by-episode episode on the Dead TV Podcast right here, between our episodes of Reaper. So look forward to that.
0: Yes, something that I want to check out as well, because I have not watched Reaper in a million years Probably since it first uh was first on. You mean brimstone? Brimstone, <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Doctor Chris is sick. No, I'm not shot. sick. I'm
0: just getting over the booster.
1: <laughs> Your brain is not here. My it brain is, okay. is not here. But
0: yes, brimstone with um, uh John Glover, the uh, who's just as swarmy as an actor as as uh, Ray Wise.
1: Yes, and as I said,
0: I think they're the same devil. <laughs> that would be very funny. But
1: we'll get into that later.
0: $14 for a taxi ride seems like a lot of money.
1: Uh that's probably if you were doing it in Philadelphia about 3 miles is roughly $20. So he probably lives about 2 miles away.
0: Uh, okay. The devil makes the entire staff at the um at the workbench completely dis- disappear and uh Sam uh is kind of tired of not having any kind of like time off from his uh job as the uh you know the devil's slave basically
1: (laughs) yeah his his bounty hunter uh the powers that he gets this episode is very very annoying things that he touches and has in his hands just disappear like the money to pay the taxi cab driver just disappeared and then his wallet just disappeared and then they reappear in weird places
0: like a paint bucket and stuff like that Hmm. the vessel this time around is alive it's actually a pigeon
1: it is, and I was really surprised that it was actually the pigeon, the, the dove, simply because, just like with the uh, remote control car, the vessel wasn't the car itself. It was the controller with the battery pack. So I thought maybe it was the cage, not the bird. But no, it's the bird.
0: If we ever get the writers on the show, we really have to ask them the questions about why the hell were they, the vessels to capture the souls so elaborately weird?
1: I know, right? It doesn't quite make sense for... The object and the powers, yeah, I don't know.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: At least in this one, it was an actual magic trick, so therefore it
0: did kind of make sense. Sock is sleeping on bags of manure.
1: I don't I mean, it's just a bag of dirt.
0: No, you it know? says manure on the bags themselves.
1: Oh, it was manure, oh.
0: It was manure that he was sleeping on while uh, uh. Sam was doing the, his, his clean-up work. <laughs> Ted acts like a beta male. He says, because he has to be the beta male. And as
1: sock says beta males are in right now.
0: Apparently so. Sock, we're, using... we're
1: missing. We're missing one hilarious part. Paint mixer rodeo.
0: Yes. Like
1: like what was that? Like sock ties paint cans together on the mixing machines and then rides it like a bronco until paint just travels everywhere and the entire thing collapses. And Ted is, of course, somehow okay with this. They make
0: a reference to Terminator 3 and the Terminatrix.
1: Oh, yeah, the female Terminator.
0: Yes, because of the boobs and the boob job she gives herself when uh, she gets pulled over by the cop. She looks over at the billboard and sees the lingerie model and enhances her breasts. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if they would do that with female Terminators today, but I... Probably so. I mean, the female Terminator is a smart enough AI to figure out what men are interested in, so it would do something to enhance its sexuality to get what it wants towards its primary mission.
1: I'm sure, yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, it can't just kill something without the information it needs, so it would probably try to seduce the person and then kill them.
1: Agreed. So the villain in this episode, his name is uh, Enrico Bellafiore, who is a magician who ended up killing one of his assistants.
0: Hmm. The devil also makes a, um shows sam like a a crash site with uh, a bunch of apples and the devil eats an apple which shows you how much of an asshole he is because apparently eating an apple is a metaphor for being an asshole do you know well i mean
1: it is a biblical reference you know the the apple of knowledge etc etc but in this episode since he was eating the apple he was trying to clue in sam that the magician itself was at the apple festival
0: what was the name of the douchebag magician in the 2000s that was basically revealing everyone's secrets? Douchebag magician.
1: I mean, I can only think of Copperfield, but Copperfield uh,
0: did he... not do that.
1: No, he did not.
0: <laughs> in the 2000s basically got a uh, like his own TV special revealing mag- magician's secrets.
1: Is that that masked magician show?
0: Chris Angel, Chris Angel. That was his name. So he
1: was not the ma- the Master Magician?
0: No. I don't think so. But I didn't follow it. I just I'm aware of him, and of course, there was parodies of him, so they go to see Dash is the name of the magician on stage, and he stabs a man, and everything's fine until a few minutes later the man is seen being loaded into a uh ambulance with severe puncture wounds.
1: yeah, they said that he almost looked like he was that he could have been hit by a car, but it obviously he wasn't hit by a car. It was just like this mysterious had so much internal damage. His body just got crushed.
0: Why does Ben take to the to the, the dove, pigeon, whatever it is, so much, calling it Winston?
1: Well, he says in the episode that uh, he didn't have any pets growing up. His father didn't allow him. So he just latched onto the dove and named it Winston. And it was his pal for the entire episode. And this is an episode where Ben doesn't get physically hurt.
0: Well, we'll make up for that in the next episode we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, I know. But he does get emotionally hurt because what the dove does to catch the soul, I guess, freaked out Ben so much that he says that he was permanently emotionally traumatized from it.
0: We also have the side plot line of Sam confronting his mother about the devil's contract. And she says, Okay, yes, it's your contract. You should be allowed to see it. And of course, he finds it funny that she keeps his contract in with his, like, you know, her, his, his baby blanket, his first teeth, you know, the size of his baby foot, you know, his first report card, things like that that a parent would keep. So, of course, I guess you would keep the devil's contract you use to save your husband's life at the cost of your son's soul with all that stuff. And when she shows it to him, it is nothing but a Powder of dust.
1: Yeah, and the envelope that she had the contract in was much, much smaller than that uh, folio that the demon delivery driver sends over.
0: Yeah, which we like got. That them. that
1: contract is huge.
0: Well, maybe something changed back 24, 23 years ago when it was first signed.
1: Well, he did celebrate his 21st birthday when the devil took the contract. Birth- that's so. right,
0: 21st birthday. So he's about five years old, five years younger than me. When when the show came out. So yeah, early 80s, maybe it was a much smaller contract than the tomb that we get to see later on in the second episode. But uh he he really wants to see his contract and the and the devil is just like, "Well, why do you want to do that?" He's like, "Because it's mine and I should be allowed to see it." But and he's exactly the, right. Yeah, I think this is where he'll eventually get his lawyer friend involved, but we'll eventually get there. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, you you want to find a loophole out of this contract. Mhm. You know, if there is one, you know, then he wants to find it and exploit it.
0: Right. But because Sam is deciding to mess around with his contract and his deal, which isn't his deal to mess around with, according to the contract, the devil decides to send Andy to the the magic show and possibly almost get her killed uh, in revenge for Sam. Why he decides to do this to Andy instead of just, like, pushing her in front of a bus or something like that, I don't know. Is it funnier the fact that the soul that he's supposed to be catching is going to kill the woman he loves? Maybe. I mean, we know the devil is huh. a dick, but at the same time, the devil seems to want to help Sam whenever he, it, it's convenient for him.
1: Well, I think that the devil was basically spurned on with the idea that he needed to motivate Sam. And what's better motivation than to put the woman that you love in danger? And not by a bus or something, but directly from the soul that uh, you're trying to capture so that he would be forced to deal with it and save his uh, lady love if if he can get the balls to actually tell her so. And uh, that really does motivate Sam to go. So much so that he trades off all his weekends, his night shifts, everything that he can trade to Ted in order to get Ted to allow him out of work in order to go, ch- go chase Andy, get to the magic show.
0: Now, here's my question. Have you, When was the last time you ever went to a magic show? And I mean like a really good magic show. I mean David Copperfield style or Las Vegas style.
1: <laughs> it's been a long time. I was back in California. I used to go to the Magic Castle because I did have magic friends. And so I would go to the Magic Castle and have a lovely dinner and then see a very, very good professional magic show.
0: The last real magic show I saw was aboard a cruise ship as far as I can remember, uh, aboard a cruise ship back in 2004. It was an okay show. He did some things that were like, ooh, how did he do that? However, I have seen online, and I would love to witness in person, and I would love to be able to go see her in person, even though I don't think she's based in L.A., in, in Vegas anymore. I would definitely have to go to California. And if I do go, I would love a chance to finally be able to meet her husband. Was back in 2016, I reached out to a Las Vegas-style Zatana magician named Misty Lee. And by Zatana I mean the D C comic book character with the fishnets and the uh you know, the time she is she had been a practicing magician for like twenty years and I had her on the show and we talked a little bit about on the show about her uh charity that she was doing some help for which involved like abuse, abuse that, you know, her mom suffered for from at the hands of her, her father and like her father, you know, getting help with his, you know, alcohol problems over the years and, you know, all all the things that went with that and, you know, come to forgiveness and and things are so much better and so on and so forth. Then we got into talking a little bit about like, I would love to talk, you know, I just happened to bring up, she brought up a abuse story involving a book that her husband wrote and her husband wrote a book called The Darkest Night. And it was a story about how he came home, he was walking home from the Emmys one night and he got accosted and mugged and beaten within an inch of his life. Like, part of his skull got fractured, his eye got caved in. He had to have, Ooh. like, a reconstructed surgery around his eye socket. Um, and oh. uh, he did not tell anybody this story for many, 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 many years. A lot of his colleagues at Warner Brothers didn't know the truth. Like, very few people knew the truth. Very, very few people knew the truth. Like, Arlene Sorkin was one of the few people that knew the truth. And it wasn't until he went on Fat Man Beyond or, or Fat Man on Batman that he told the, the public the truth about what happened to him and what this book, book was about. And uh, her husband is Paul Dinney, longtime DC comic book writer and the creator of Harley Quinn. And uh, he was on his way home from winning an Emmy for Tiny Toon Adventures um, when this happened to him
1: oh and, that's uh, terrible
0: yeah his Emmy was stolen from him and he um he came on my show to, to talk about it and Paul Dini does not do interviews outside of conventions but because I had Misty Lee on the show she said to me afterwards before Paul came on like literally just a couple of days before Paul came on saying hey Chris I wanted to let you know Paul does not do interviews all that often so please have the utmost respect for whatever it is you're going to ask him I let you have this interview with him because I enjoyed coming on your show so much. So please extend him the same courtesy that you extended me. And I was like, Oh, absolutely. So he does not do interviews all that often anymore, but Mm -hmm. she wanted to make sure that I had this opportunity to talk to him because she knew how much of a fan of her husband. I was.
1: That's lovely.
0: Paul Denny's credibility in, in, in animation writing goes all the way back to like masters of the universe. Mm. So good 40 years in animation. The magician
1: in this episode is played by Darren Shahlavi, yep. uh, who has passed on. He passed in 2015.
0: That's sad.
1: Um He played a lot of very bit parts uh, because he was a martial artist as well, so he does a lot of stunts, or did a lot of stunts, like in A Kickboxer, Vengeance, um, Metal, Hurlant Chronicles, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Sanctuary, bit parts here and there.
0: They defeat him by the pigeon becoming multiple pid, uh, birds, doves, whatever the bird is. It's a dove, right? It's a dove. Right? Um, it's a dove multiple yes. Multiple doves, and it, like it swarms him and consumes him, and then turns back into the Winston dove, and they hand it off to Gladys, and all is well. That ends well. Um, <laughs> here's my question: as a as a as a as a woman, you can answer this question. Why is Andy wearing two shirts? I
1: mean, style or cold or
0: it's cal it's. It's the it's the it's southern, Seattle. It's southern it's southern Washington. It's pretty warm.
1: Well, I mean,
0: Those guys there is fashion around, sense the there. Are you know, around wearing t-shirts most of the time. This isn't like so. There's another TV series that, by the way, uh, was uh, took place in Washington that covers supernatural stuff. Uh, Grimm uh, about the detective mm-hmm. who could see people for the monsters they really are finding out that he's related to the Grimm brothers and they were these monster hunters once upon a time. But him being the new generation of monster hunters, he's not quite like that. He's more of a – well, first of all, he's a cop, so he's got a lot of other things to take into consideration instead of just chopping people's heads off. And um, that show, yeah, they wore coats all the time, and you could see their breath constantly. So I'm assuming they were in like – well, they were in Portland these people are filming in what part of Washington? Because Seattle. Yeah. Okay, so where is that? Is that that cold or is it that warm?
1: Seattle is known for being gray and rainy.
0: Oh, okay. Cuz it hasn't been gray and rainy one episode other than like an aftermath of it, but most of the time it's pretty sunny outside, isn't it?
1: I don't see a problem with that at all.
0: It's just a weird fashion decision, I I think. Just like two shirts. <laughs> It's different when I see it like a button down shirt that's opened up and a shirt underneath it, but it just seems like she's wearing like multiple layers for no real reason, and it's not to be warm.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Some people wear a long sleeve shirt and then a short sleeve shirt on top of it, like Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory.
0: Yeah, I had a problem with that just as much as I had a problem with like, okay, I get that we're in Kansas, but does that mean we have to wear flannel every episode, Clark Kent?
1: <laughs> You'll have to talk to the costume designers about that.
0: You know, it's funny that someone pointed out saying, "Wow, they wore a lot of flannel on Smallville, but on Superman and Lois, almost hardly never." <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, I think that's because they're trying to differentiate themselves from being Smallville, because this is Superman and Lois. <laughs>
1: mhm.
0: Uh, well, that's all the notes I have for this episode, other than like oh. the uh, aftermath of uh, Mom dealing with like not wanting to. Um... Oh, sorry, Andy storms off. That's who it is. I wrote down Mom, so Andy storms off. Um, and the devil uh, sam asks if the devil could be any less a dick
1: (laughs) well i do have one more thing i want to point out is that in this episode the devil does actually threaten sam very efficiently you know he they're they're right by the apple uh, accident in the very beginning the first murder sam says no i won't work with you you know i don't want to do this and the devil basically it gets two semi-trucks to nearly hit him and then he says i trust i've made my point and sam says loud and clear he knows that he can't actually go against the devil because the devil will just have him killed and just deal with him in hell
0: correct we're going to take a quick break play a couple of uh other podcast promos and we'll be back with the next episode of the dead tv podcast
1: Podcast Network. Give a listen, dudes. Cowabunga is this podcast for you.
0: And we're back with the next episode here on Reaper's Double Coverage episodes.
1: <laughs> uh, season 1, Episode 5. What About Blob? Originally aired October 23rd, 2007. Sam and his crew must deal with a toxic revenger. When the slime covered escaped soul of a chemical company CEO starts taking human lives. Meanwhile, the devil delivers a copy of Sam's contract as promised, but it's a few hundred pages longer than Sam expected. The devil also refuses a request by Mr. Oliver to a meeting while Sam continues to drift apart from Andy after Satan sets him up to look like the bad guy in front of Andy.
0: So the title of the episode comes from a 1980s Bill Murray movie called what about Bob? Which is What like,
1: about Bob? Love um, that
0: movie. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's about a mental health um, patient to uh, and a therapist and a therapist, and they can't get rid of that mental health patient until to the point that he is so entrenched in the guy's life. He marries his sister. Yeah, it's honestly I know people love that movie for Bill Murray's performance, but looking back on it now, it's like, God, I don't think they could make that kind of movie today. There is some serious, creepy stalking in that movie, which is kind of funny, but at the same time, I'd be seriously worried if that happened to somebody in real life.
1: (laughs) Oh, of course. Yeah. You never want to actually have your uh, therapy clients interfere with your life in any way. You know, there's a professional borderline that cannot be crossed.
0: Right. And then in your description, also the Toxic Avenger.
1: Yeah, that's a trauma entertainment mascot,
0: Toxie. Yep. Pretty much been Troma's mascot for since, like, the 80s, really.
1: Yeah, and in fact, if you talk to Lloyd Kaufman about it, he feels that he was screwed from his character when he was making the cartoon show. Networks being what they are, they exerted control and therefore kind of stole the character from him for a while. There's some bad feelings there, but Troma still uses uh, Toxie. Uh, They just can't use, I believe, the cartoon version of him.
0: That's too bad. Yeah.
1: So in the very beginning of this episode, we see the demon delivery driver. You know, the demon uh, shadow shows up and it turns out he's just basically like a demonic UPS driver and has Sam sign for hours because, of course, hell has a lot of bureaucracy for hours, the contract and thus missing karaoke with Andy and the crew.
0: Yeah, the devil did that on purpose. He he later on reveals um, because Sam wants that contract so bad the devil's going to make him work for it um, because, of course, the devil has to be a complete dickhole about it. And the devil uh, makes a point to Sam later on that he knows that he was going to tell Andy his secret and that must never happen. And the secret must die with him. And he's like, well, what about Ben and uh, Sock? And he's just like, he's like, are they okay, Sam? Like, knowing, (laughs) you know, like he's got something planned for them as well. And some stuff comes up in season two that I'm not going to spoil for you that kind of comes back into that as well so and then at the end of season one as well so we will get there eventually with what the what the devil is referencing but um, yeah, sam's new power is not being able to he... stand correctly
1: yeah slippery feet mm. he... it's like he's walking on ice so he has to put tape on his shoes to actually have some traction on the floor
0: there's an employee at my job, uh, my part-time job, that I think I'm going to play this prank on that Andy plays on his boss. It's not my boss, but because uh, my boss is actually kind of nice, but there's an employee that I swear to God, I want to sock right in the face or whatever, I might play this prank on. I figure <laughs> out what car he drives, I'm going to do this to him. I don't care.
1: <laughs> oh, so you're going to put a note on his windshield saying, sorry, I hit your car with the boss's number on it?
0: Um, Or corporate's, yeah. Ah.
1: You'll have to tell me how that turns out.
0: As soon as I figure out what car he drives. (laughs) Oh, you're awful. (laughs) I'm totally going to do it. I don't care. This guy deserves it. He was a complete and utter dickhole to me the other day. I don't put up with customers' bullshit or whatever, and he thought I was a little out of line. And I was just like, no, you're out of fucking line talking to me this way in front of everyone. (laughs) Yeah, Todd being the douchebag that he always is totally deserves this. I love he gets on the phone with the with his own manager. <laughs> his manager asks him if his mental health is okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, because Ted couldn't see any damage on his car, but yeah, he still called the number.
0: The devil swoops Sam to the sewer to give him the insight into what's happening. Points him in the direction of where he needs to go and tries to give him some womanly advice. Of course, the devil keeps talking about Sam being honest with people, and Sam wants to be honest with Andy because he keeps Mm -hmm. pointing out lying to your friends and lying to your mom and lying to your loved ones is not a good idea, but he doesn't want him to tell Andy the truth.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that is. Maybe it'll come up later.
0: He's constantly doing that.
1: So Sam actually watches as a person, at least he thought it was a person, walks in front of a car and then bursts into a whole explosion of slime when the car hits him. The car then veers out of control, slams into something, killing the driver who happened to be a lawyer by the name of Ed Fazio. And Ed Fazio is the clue to uh, find out who this slime ball is that has been killing people. And it turns out it is the father of an up-and-coming city councilman, Bobby Hartford, and that he did not have very good opinion of Ed Fazio. And so it, upon hearing about his death, he was just like, well, he deserved it. <laughs> it,
0: it seems as though yeah. that Ed was an environmental lawyer and Bob Fazio was your typical Donald Trump one-presenter Republican who wanted to just dump and not care about the environment. Yes. Uh, the,
1: the Hartfords are the bad guys in this situation, Yes,
0: yes. not Bob, Ed Fazio. Yeah, Bob Hartford. And his son. Yeah. And and Ed was the lawyer trying to fight against him. Yeah. Environmental yeah. lawyer. Yes. So, um, by the way, the address I looked up that was on the business card does not exist. And the 555 numbers are never exist. The reason they put 555 numbers for anyone who is not aware in television and movies is so you do not call Jenny 8653099. Because how many people called that number back in the day when that phone number was listed in that song back in the 80s? Probably drove the owner of that number absolutely crazy, and there were probably lawsuits, and we're not going to get into any research on whether or not there were or not, but um, I believe it was around that time is why we had the 555 number put into things uh, going forward. And if there is ever a real number, like for instance, Disney or Robert Downey Jr. did allow a fake number to be used to call Tony Stark for something in the Iron Man or the Avenger movies. And you would get like a voicemail message from Tony Stark.
1: Yeah. And there was also a number in Stranger Things that if you called it, uh, gave you a message machine for the Russian investigator, the private investigator.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. And Ghostbusters uh, phone number as well. Raise a cult store.
1: Oh, okay, Cool. Yeah.
0: I believe uh, in the Afterlife movie, someone said you could actually call that, but I didn't check to find out if that was true or not.
1: So the dad sees the contract and then asks for a meeting with the devil. And he feels guilty for, of course, being the reason why they had to make the deal with the devil and actually gets the contract. But at the end of the episode, he ends up tearing out one page and it gets me curious as to what was on that one page in the contract that he doesn't want Sam to see.
0: I think in the final episode of the first season, we learn what was on the page uh, because it changes the dynamics of the show going forward. And I, if I if I remember what correctly what it is, I won't reveal what it is, but it does change the entire – everything about the show. Um, the show's plot is still the same, but it changes certain relationships on the show. The devil doesn't want to meet with Sam's dad. He's very pissed that even Sam would bring that up. That makes him very angry, extremely yeah. angry. And the dad gets extremely angry when the devil won't even bother to meet with him.
1: Yeah, but honestly, uh, he doesn't have anything to trade him anymore.
0: What do you think is on the page, Mr. Zeneca? Why would the devil be pissed at Sam's dad, and why would Sam's dad be pissed the devil doesn't want to meet him?
1: Um, I don't know. If I wager a guess, perhaps a way out of it, or uh, some sort of timing or obligations that Sam has to do later.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> okay. i just looked ahead to confirm my suspicions that i'm 100 percent correct in my head even though i haven't watched the show since its original airing broadcast in 2007 um, and 8 9 whenever the show originally aired you know with the original air broadcast on the cd on the cw it uh by the way since we are talking about a show that is on the cw and this is not the first time we've talked about a cw show did you know the cw is currently up for auction
1: no i hadn't heard
0: yep like cw is currently for sale Warner Brothers Media wants to sell their share of the CW stock, which people are beginning to wonder, does that mean they're putting everything into HBO Max? Oh. Yeah. So, curious what that all entails. Um, Because they've had a majority shareholder in the CW network for quite some time alongside Paramount, and with both Paramount and HBO Max, both, you know, their own streaming services right now, what do they need a cable, you know, a, a basic regular channel for? Hmm. Not sure. Yeah. So we will, we will see what happens and develops with that. Andy goes on a date with a guy named Greg, unfortunately, and gets flowers from him. And of course, Todd points out, you're not allowed to give flowers to a coworker at work. We have sexual harassment policies against that. (laughs) It's not from Sam. It's from Greg. And the guys go to a one percenter fucking little luncheon for, uh, you know the uh the guy running for office and uh of course they bring up the dead lawyer and they all get everyone gets really swarmy all of a sudden and, and kicks him out of the party and then sock tries to rush the guy with the sweater and they all get arrested
1: <laughs> yeah about that that vessel a christmas sweater why a christmas sweater i don't know christmas sweaters are not necessarily absorbent
0: yeah we're talking about something who's basically flubber <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like a pool of of toxic goo.
0: Yeah, doesn't make any sense.
1: I mean, I I could see paper towel roll, a towel, something that's usually absorbent, a sponge.
0: Yeah, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense whatsoever. The devil gives Sam bad information about who Greg has been dating on the side of Andy, and that it's to make Sam jealous, because he shows him pictures with twins, which, you know, depending on your kink... You could be into it. It. Was, a
1: very, it was a very benign picture. It's just, you know, at a bar, ta- you know, smiling and having a, a portrait. It's nothing lascivious. No, but picture.
0: the devil's trying to make it, you know, very, you know, evil and being like, twins, naughty girls, very dirty. <laughs> they would do yeah. stuff with each other. And then just to find out, no, they're Greg's twin sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Andy gets pissed at Sam about it. Oh, no. They absorb the devil's uh, lost soul, but Sock is wearing it at the time. And when they go to deliver it to Gladys at the DMV, she's got to use a Freddy Krueger style glove, or a glove that they don't get copywritten sued for being Freddy Krueger. But however, I'm just going to point something out this is the CW, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers at the time owns the copyright to Freddy Krueger, so why couldn't they just use the Freddy glove? I don't know. It, it 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 could be they they could have it just seems kind of funny that they have to make it like something else. It would have been a great little wink and nod if it had been a Freddy Krueger glove, but the fact that the 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 Christmas sweater is wrapped up in the green stuff and it's got to be cut off of him is kind of funny. I would like to have seen the scene where she's got to cut the thing off of sock.
1: Yeah, yeah, the extraction. <laughs> so Ben is attacked by the slime ball guy and they use used kitty litter. Yes. So you fend him
0: off. Yeah, so Ben this is where Ben gets hurt again in this episode. Um short of being killed, you can almost say he's the Kenny of the show. Kenny from South Park. <laughs> what is the game the devil is playing in Sam's bedroom when he comes home? Space Invaders.
1: Oh.
0: Or something like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something equivalent to Space Invaders, but yeah, he's playing Space Invaders all the while his dad is doing what you said earlier in the podcast. He's ripping up the devil's contract and burning it. So that he doesn't so Sam doesn't find out the truth about the contract.
1: Yeah. On their way to the sewer, you know, they put some strawberry chapstick on their upper lip so that they can just smell the strawberry instead of the sewer um, refuse smell. Mm -hmm. And when you're actually dealing with uh, refuse or dead bodies, etc., many times people put Vicks Vapor Rub on their upper lip for the same purpose because the mentholatum is so intense that it will cancel out any smell of a rotting corpse in front of you.
0: Can you guess, just a guess, what the Rotten Tomatoes score was for the first season of Reaper?
1: I don't know. It's kind of a good show. So maybe 40?
0: Uh, no, forty's bad. Oh. <laughs> okay, if you then want to 60? say that the good show, 40 is terrible, by the way.
1: <laughs> then, okay, then 60? Uh, 100%. Really?
0: Yes, Rotten Tomato Reaper has a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes by um the critics, sixty two percent by the by the uh, average audience score. Which I guess did is they okay. Get to it? Uh because I don't know, we'll get to there that eventually. that's I guess that's a season two question. If we ever get the showrunners on the show, that'd be another great question. But uh they said the witty the uh led by the devilish snappy Ray Wise, the chemistry of Reaper's cast turns its grim premise into a confident frogging fun time every episode. And that is 100% true. I'll admit, this was a revelation I didn't see coming. For now, I'll just uh, savor what I saw and politely beg to watch. If I sound too enthusiastic about a series that ends uh, ends up in the pilot being a bit too obsessed with special effects, I apologize. The devil made me do it, and Ray Wise is the best thing about this show. Uh, Reaper is not all grim and gritty. It's actually quite rewarding every episode. Uh, with its young, often winning cast and sparky, humorous uh, dialogue, Reaper pays homage to the memorable shows created by... Joss Whedon. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly, just remember folks, allegedly, it's a weird concept, but if you've got an open mind, you'll quickly find that it's a pretty damn cool show. Blending humor, action, and kick-ass special effects into one of the best shows on television today. Reber's droll take on the devil and Sam's awkward effort to track down the wayward souls is quite funny. Sam's best friends, uh, Bert and Ben, add some of the best energy to the series. When you look at the current crop of television, this is in 2009, uh, 2000, uh, oh, this is written in 2019, but I don't know if she's referring to 2009, uh, you'll find plenty of comedies about superhero shows. Reaper blends the two genres, giving viewers a series that centers on a character that most of the people who will love the show can relate to. A lot of people think they should do a return to Reaper, like a TV movie, but honestly, the show has been gone for so long, that would be very hard to do.
1: On today's episode, we have that. Demon Delivery Driver, which is played by Aaron Douglas. You can immediately recognize him. He's been on a lot of shows. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, the most recent series. Right. Van Helsing as
0: Colonel Nicholson. Never watched it. I tried after two episodes. I couldn't do it.
1: (laughs) He was on iZombie for a couple episodes. The Impostors. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Mm. Hmm. Hemlock Grove. He's been in a lot. Like, his... His IMDb is just huge.
0: The director of the episode, um, Magics, worked on uh, Fear the Walking Dead, and it was the director of City Slickers, Mighty Joe Young, the 1998 movie, and Tremors from 1990. Guy has some serious creds. He's also a director of two other episodes, Dirty Sexy Mongol and My Brother's Reaper. Hmm. That's right. Does anyone remember Sam Has a Brother?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: The problem is when you have a character that's got a brother or a sister and they're not that important to the plot line, you kind of forget about them very quickly. And I feel like that's the problem they had on the TV series currently, um, Cobra Kai, because they've elevated the brother to be much older on that show now, and he's kind of this douchebag character that has basically become like his own villain and you're like why how about we just say he went off to summer camp for a while (laughs) (laughs) honestly i really i really hate when they have brother sister characters that aren't important to the plot line and they don't do anything with them because it's like you forgot about them and then they're being written badly so and i don't remember what happens to sam's brother throughout the run of the show i do hope they don't just completely forget about him (laughs) But we're still working on having somebody from Reaper on the show with us, and we'll keep you up to date with all that information. The
1: City Council frontrunner, Bobby Hartford, is played by Patrick Gilmore, Mm. and Patrick Gilmore was most recently on Family Law, and Jan, he played Dave on the show. I
0: don't know Jan.
1: Well, he's also been on Grace Point, Travelers, Ring of Fire, uh, Stargate Universe, SGU Stargate Universe Kino, some mini TV series short, Smallville, a lot of things actually.
0: Well, that's all the notes I have for this episode of uh, these two episodes of Reaper here on the Dead TV podcast. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook at Radio of Horror, and you can also find us on our individual Twitter individual Twitters at Christy Sav and at Elegantly Kiki, or you can send us an email at thatradiohorror at gmail.com and we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting episode of the dead tv podcast covering two more episodes of reaper all right we'll be back in two weeks good night